This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Joel Schaub at Guaranteed Rate. As a realtor, it's important to partner with only the most trusted name in mortgage lending. Joel has thousands of satisfied clients and gives $1,500 of his commission back to your buyers on every closing. He is known for his ability to close even complex deals start to finish in only 14 days. To learn what thousands of others already know, make a note to call Joel at 773-654-2049 or email joel at rate.com. Guaranteed Rate is an equal housing lender license in all 50 states consumer access number 2611 and now on with the show hello and welcome to another episode of keeping it real the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents my name is dj paris i am your guide and host through the show, and in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with top producer Eric Hatch from Fargo, North Dakota. And what's really amazing about Eric, among lots of other accolades, is he and his team have about 10% of the local market uh, in Fargo and the surrounding areas. So we want to learn how we did that and how you can develop more market share yourself. But before we get to Eric, just a couple of quick reminders. Please, please, please tell a friend. Think of one other real estate agent that could benefit from hearing from top producers like Eric. Send them a link to our website. Also, follow us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And every single day we find an article online specifically designed to help you grow your business and we post it there. So again, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And last, please review our podcast, whatever podcast app you might be using. Please let us uh, put a review in, let us know what you think of the show that helps us get more visibility and also helps us uh, know what we need to do to keep our show improving to better meet your needs. So leave us a review or shoot us an email. Let us know what you think of the show. As always, we say thank you for continuing to support us. But now enough from me. Let's talk to Eric Hatch. Realty in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, let me tell you about Eric. Eric uh, Hatch has sold nearly 6,000 homes in little old Fargo, North Dakota within the last decade. He is one of the industry's top coaches. He's helped rainmakers and teams across the country via Hatch coaching. Now, the Hatch team has mastered the ISA model the showing partner model, and a crazy amount of agent success and retention, which we are going to be talking about in just a moment. This fall, Eric and his team just joined Real to continue to make an impact in the real estate industry. Learn more about Eric at Hatch Coaching, that's H-A-T-C-H, coaching.com. Eric, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, it's good to be here. A beautiful day in paradise, and I'm also in Fargo, and it's okay today. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the best you can hope for in, uh, I would think, this time of year is is it not being miserable. I know in, we're here in Chicago and for some reason, unseasonably warm, I'm guessing due to the, the storms that are happening. And so we're, thankfully, I don't think we've, we're getting any of the... Um, any of, of the major issues that other parts of the Midwest are getting, but we are we are participating in the warmth. So I don't know, who knows, maybe it'll come crashing down tomorrow here. But yes, it's a nice day uh, for both of us, it, it sounds like. Um, well, I am really excited to chat with you because we, I, I'm always, I always really want to talk to coaches, but so few coaches out there are either run brokerages or even practice anymore. And that becomes, you know, their full-time business and that's perfectly fine. But I always love talking to coaches who are still also actively producing or, or managing teams that actively produce because really keeps, I think, their just sort of understanding of what's going on out there in the trenches, um, you know, sort of active and, and I'm excited to chat with you, but I would love to go all the way back to the beginning of mm -hmm. your real estate career. So could you tell us a little bit about why real estate, how you got started and, and what that looked like? Uh, I, I'm betting I'm, <laughs> it's funny that I even use that phrase. I'm betting I'm the only person who has a background quite like this. Uh, I was in ministry before I got in, uh, wow. into real estate and I was also a professional gambler. So, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, so when I said I'm betting on the other one, I'm like, yeah, I still got it. Uh, and uh, and a great pun with the betting. So <laughs> no 
so I, I worked at uh, my home congregation, my church. I was doing youth ministry and worship leading and loved sure. that job, but it wasn't a way to pay all the bills. When I was 21, uh, my mom, who was my only parent, uh, passed away from a cancer battle. And so mm. I was orphaned. I paid off all my student loans with life insurance that I had, bought out my sister's portion of the little townhouse that my mom owned. And then I had uh, like 20 grand left over. And so I tucked away like 15,000 of it. And then I spent five just frivolously, including uh, starting to play uh, a lot of cards. And I, I took some of that cash and all of a sudden I got really good at cards and I turned myself into a professional poker player. So I graduate college, I'm full-time in the ministry, but I have this hidden career uh, of gambling. It's just <laughs> bizarre, right? Like I, I, I doubt there, I mean, maybe there are other people who uh, walk this weird life, but in 2006, uh, my, my gambling started to switch. I went from playing slow and steady and winning constantly. So I was playing the rush and I was playing higher stakes and I was playing much faster. Poker was my game. And uh, I just started to lose a bunch of money. Is, is that normal for poker players to transition from playing more conservatively and slower to as their skill starts to build? Or maybe there's a rush that, that they're looking for or just, you know, trying to hit that big win. You know, what's sort of the mentality of, because I, I don't get the chance to talk to too many uh, former professional gamblers. So I'm, I, it's very fascinating to me. Well, I'm still a professional gambler. I just don't do it at the, at the poker table anymore, right? Like an entrepreneur <laughs> is, a, is a professional gambler. Totally. And, and, and uh, here are a few characteristics, ego, stubbornness, uh, arrogance, um, <laughs> lack of taking advice from other people, right? Like I, these are, these are a recipe for a lot of us. And for me, uh, I just started playing faster and, and turned out that I had a gambling addiction. So I've been clean now since 2008. Uh, Congrats. And thank you. Uh, my, my wife was kind enough not to divorce me and, uh, and everything else. And so I got into real estate because I was trying to fund my addiction. That's really, uh, the, wow. The, yeah. So yeah, I got, makes I got sense. and I was still full-time ministry. I was selling real estate on the time. And then I started to get pretty good at it. Next thing I knew it was 2009, uh, 2009 and 2010. I probably made and netted, uh, 40 and $80,000, uh, each of those years. And my, my full-time profession, I was, I was eight years of professional in the ministry. I was making 35 or 40,000 bucks a year. So my yeah. part-time job was paying me a lot more and wow. I used it to rid myself of debt. I had, I had racked up over $70,000 in credit card debt. Um, mm. and that's all at like a 22% interest rate. And so, and so real estate was this vehicle to rid myself of debt, but I never wanted to be in real estate. It was just a, a vehicle for me to, uh, channel my gambling and for me to try to, to play high stakes in another way. And uh, then my wife and I were trying to get pregnant, which was really fun to do. Um, but then, uh, <laughs> thank you for catching that little subtle yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. joke. Uh, but then we couldn't get pregnant. And so we, we went with a sex schedule. And that is way less fun than you think it would be, right? If 21-year-old <laughs> Eric heard this guy complaining about a sex schedule right now, we'd have some <laughs> issues. Uh, but that didn't work. And so then we went uh, with IUI. It's like giving all these shots to your spouse. And yeah. we used all our medical insurance at this time and we still weren't pregnant. And so I had to make a choice. It was a continue in the ministry, which I love and sell real estate on the side and just try to scramble or I need to go in full into real estate to fund being a dad. I was, I was with Keller Williams Realty at the time. Uh, so much love and respect for that company. And I, I went full-time in 2011 and found some great success. Sold fifty-two houses in my first year, all to my sphere. And whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Let, let's just let's just pause and let that sink in. You sold fifty-two houses in your first year, for full-time first year. Yeah. How? Yeah. Can can? Okay. I don't. I don't want to stop your momentum because because it's. But I just wanted to pause and let yeah. everybody collectively gasp and uh, feel jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so well, okay, so, please so continue. Here's, here's the trick. People will say, "How how did I, how did I do that?" It's because I have spent my entire life capturing mind share to be front of mind for people. Uh, mind share will lead to market share, and I, I don't. Yeah. I don't ever like any aggressive sales tactics. I don't ever. Uh, I never lead gen to traditional day in my life. Almost 6,000 sales under my belt and my team's belt. And I've never lead gen a traditional day in my life. It's always been about relationships. 
how do I remember my background is in the ministry. So I, I developed for eight years, a reputation of hopefully taking care of people and, and and meeting them where they were at. And I've continued to do that. I just use vehicles like social media and my involvement in the community and now try to scale my coaching clients and my team to do the same. So, um, I was a product of this community, uh, People will say, well, how can you sell that many homes in Fargo? And I'll say, well, how can you sell that many homes in Chicago? Because I hear I have a nine or 10% market share for my team. Wow. Right. So it's incredible. So the average Joe on the streets probably recognizes the name Hatch in one way, shape or form. They maybe don't know who I am, but they at least know my brand in Chicago. I'm, I, I'd be one of 50,000 agents, right? And right. it's pretty easy to get lost in that shuffle. So I'm at an advantage there, but then I also have just a limited amount of homes that I can actually sell. So I'm at a disadvantage. So no, no matter what it was, I was just going to make the best of the situation I had. And so in 2011, I went full-time. Um, I'll fast forward through the details, but my wife and I uh, uh, continued to try to get pregnant. Three miscarriages, an ectopic oh. pregnancy, uh, just some of the most painful stuff in our life. I built a team. It all came crashing down. I got kicked out of Keller Williams at the same time my wife was dealing with all of these miscarriages, oh. all of this pain. I was, I was the idiot. I was the one who messed up. Um, my whole team, except for two people, quit and left me. Um, and I started over completely at a rebound girlfriend brokerage, uh, that I went to for nine months while I worked on opening up my own brand and, and, and getting my broker's license. I made a bad business move with that broker that cost me 120,000 bucks. Oh. By the time that was all done in January of 2014, I had opened up Hatch Realty. I had restarted my team. I was selling at that point about 250 homes a year, but I was 150 of the 250 while oh I did gosh. all this. Um, my wife got pregnant. We now have two kids, ages seven and five. Uh, I am, I've never lived a better life than the life I get to live today. And, uh, it was real messy before it got real smooth and it, it's, it's not without its bumps now, but woo, we've been through the ringer. So from a gambling addiction to massive infertility, to getting kicked out, to almost filing bankruptcy, uh, I've been there and I've done that. Wow. Well, you know, I think desperation and, and I, I mean that in, in, I don't mean that in a pejorative way. Um, I just mean in, you know, times when, when things are, are difficult, uh, really, really can be the, the greatest opportunities for growth. And, and really it's maybe the only time you can make these massive shifts in growth when, when you have some sort of you know, limitation that's really present and urgent. And um, you certainly, I, I was going to make a joke and say, well, at least you haven't had struggle, but, but, um, but of course, of course you have. And, and the fact that that has brought you to where you are, I suspect, I know the answer to this question, but if you were to go back and change, you know, you know, some of those, you know, tough moments, you, you, I would assume you'd say, no, I, I'm glad we, we went through it. Um, obviously, you know, nobody wants to experience pain for themselves or their loved ones, but, um, but here's where it brought you and, uh, yeah. what, it, what, and it, you might not be where you are today. You, you know, you might still be caught up in, in the gambling slash real estate sort of lifestyle because you're good at, you're good at being a, a you know, a poker player and, you you might be able to continue funding that for for a while, but you might lose things along the way too, especially with addiction. So I I have tremendous respect for 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 number one for the honesty of that, um, and also just the fact that that you kept persevering and and uh, congratulations on, on all that success. That is really quite quite a story. Well, it's 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 been a tumultuous ride. Uh, but I feel like, and you even led with this is, you know, the, there are those who are coaching and influencing, but maybe they haven't gone down the path of running a team, running a brokerage. And they certainly have insight, you know, like Bill Belichick wasn't this amazing NFL player and looking at him, the greatest coach in the history of the game. And so you don't have to have that experience, but man, I have a pretty unique perspective having been in the fire where a lot of folks are going. I still, uh, I still lead Hatch Realty as CEO. I spend about a day and a half a week there, but then I spend the rest of my time coaching. And it's been really good for both organizations for me to uh, be able to help rise the tide on, on either side. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about. Uh, I know Eric has a very specific point of view around team building, and of course, the. I'm trying to think if I look if I think back to our our listeners on the show who send us a tremendous amount of feedback. I would say out of the top three topics they ask us to discuss, especially for this upcoming year, uh, teams are, are on everyone's mind. Um, so the it seems like, at least here in Chicago and, and also with a lot of the guests we have, that um, teams are, are really prominent. And, and, it, and there's a lot of logic to why that makes sense. Um, certainly to a buyer or a seller, you can present this 
you know, this, this, uh, united front of you're getting all these people and all these skills and, you know, we're charging, you know, maybe 1% more than the, the single person down the street might charge, or, or maybe they're charging even the same, but, um, I would love to get your perspective on team building, because I know a lot of our listeners are thinking, should I join a team in 2022? Should I start a team? Should I keep my team if I already have one? Um, and I would love to get your perspective of somebody who runs a brokerage also coaches a lot of individuals and teams. Um, just love to get your thoughts. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, my team currently, we are in five markets total, uh, Fargo being our main hub, and then I'm in four expansion markets from Minneapolis to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to Bismarck, North Dakota, to Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. So we're spread out uh, in total about 450 miles from end to end. So wow. I mean, Chicago, you can, I, I got to go where the people are in North Dakota. Yeah. There's a total of 750,000 people in the state of North Dakota. And That's so it. I got yeah, that's it. That's it. So I got to I got to spread out quite a bit in order to find some more opportunity. Uh, I'll say this: if if you are a solo agent or somebody starting out, the greatest chance at your success would be to join a team. A team should provide three things, uh, and and we can speak of a brokerage in the same uh, accord. But a team and or a brokerage should provide three things, depending on the split that you're getting. We have leads, leadership and leverage. Okay. Uh, the leads portion, uh, we have ISAs inside sales agents. And so our, our agents don't ever touch a lead. They don't have to convert a, a pay-per-click lead or a Zillow lead or a sign call. Those all go to a, a skilled set of people. And I will tell you that if you are going to grow a large team, getting expertise is so important, not just to have a bunch of generalists, but to have specialists. But the first is let, to say, people, let's, people, talk, people. let's talk, I'm sorry, let me, I'm going to pause you just to make sure that people understand our listeners understand ISA, Eric, to find it. Uh, it's inside sales agent. Let's just get for anyone who's unfamiliar with that term, Eric, just let, let's talk, let's define that for the audience real quick. You bet. And, and ISA is going to be uh, the person who takes any company purchase lead and converts it and hands it off to an agent for the appointment. And so in its purest form, they are a database manager. Um, uh, here's, here's some true numbers for our team. If we take like a Zillow lead, that's going to convert on average from the time in which they're an appointment until a closed transaction. That's between 120 and 180 days. Uh, we have some that'll take years to convert, but others will convert on the first day. So it averages 120 to 180 days, four to six months, right? Yep. A pay-per-click lead, which is a fraction of the price of a Zillow lead or a Realtor.com lead, that's going to convert on average from the time at which it hits our inbox until it closes 630 days on average. No kidding. Wow. I would not have guessed that. So of all, of all your pay-per-click leads, uh, they should convert 1% should convert the first year. Two additional percent should convert the second year. And years three and beyond the final 1%. Most people get a one to 2% conversion on yeah. pay-per-click leads. We get almost a 4% because we nurture. And my ISAs uh, set up these people on campaigns and they stay in constant touch and contact with them because an agent should be client-facing, not always database-facing. And so we separate those. That's, that's what we're doing with our ISAs. I love that. And ISAs, um, you know, for, for anyone who still isn't quite understanding an ISA is basically taking the lead, doing the intake and staying on top of that lead, pounding the phones, trying to get them on the phone, trying to qualify them, you know, making them feel comfortable, trying to schedule a, an appointment or, or passing them off. So the agent does not receive that lead directly uh, from the consumer. It's going through an, another party whose sole job is to convert that lead into an appointment. Yeah, and, and there, there's a couple of factors that matter an awful lot. Speed to lead, how quickly you can actually jump on that lead, and then your speed to respond. Uh, most of the communication, in fact, over 70% of communication with leads now is text. Yeah. And if you're not jumping on that and responding on a quick, I, there's some AI that can help you with that. Uh, in fact, we've built an entire uh, campaign of things within a Sierra Interactive and Follow Up Boss and Chime that people can have all of our messaging, all of our tags and everything else so that you'll have an assisted department for you. You can check that out at hashcushion.com. There's a handsome little plug. Uh, but nonetheless, um, if you're going to be joining a team and I recommend any new agent doing so, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to get you leads and or appointments is the first. The second thing that they're going to get you is leadership. 
training, development, accountability, uh, somebody to walk alongside you. If you were to ask me, Eric, how many people work for you? I'd say, I don't have anybody that works for me, but I go to work for 70 people every day between my companies, right? And, and, And that's my job as the leader is to show up and to help them achieve their goals. You know, Zig Ziglar says you can have everything in life you want, but if you help enough others, you'll get exactly what you want. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm striving to do. And that's what I think a great team should do. And the third piece is leverage. Uh, You should be able to get assistance with transaction coordinating, listing coordinating, um, marketing, um, runner responsibilities, uh, all these things. And so if you're starting out in real estate, I think a team is the best way, unless you have this huge, massive database. Uh, and you've done it part-time for a number of years and can actually jump in. Uh, here's, here's the asinine thing of this. Here's who can jump into real estate full-time and be full commission. And let's say on day one, you get a buyer. It's not going to happen, but let's say on day one, you get a buyer. The average buyer looks for 10 to 12 weeks, and then that's going to sit in escrow for four to six weeks. So you have to go four months without a paycheck. So here's who qualifies for that. Number one is somebody with a sugar daddy or sugar mama. Number two is somebody with a trust fund. Number three is somebody with a part-time job. Number four is somebody with, uh, with terrible financial habits and they're just loading themselves into debt. Or number five is somebody who saved up six months worth of, of livable income so they can actually get into real estate. And that my gang is the biggest flaw in our industry right now is we're letting people come in without great motivation or with a broken system. And we expect them to be successful. That's why 87% of people fail after the first five years is it's just, it's just such a bad move. Real estate is a broken system of how it's set up. And I think that those that have a team or those that are thinking about uh, having a team, I can give you the exact blueprints. In fact, I'm writing a book right now called The Perfect Real Estate Agent Blueprint. And what I have is a step-by-step, here's who you hire, here's when you hire them, here's why you hire them, and we're going to turn this upside down. So I'm about to go in a rabbit hole. Ready to go digging? Let's do it. All right. So hire number one, when you have uh, been yourself doing 24 to 36 transactions in a year, two to three deals a month, you should look to make your first hire. And that first hire is not an agent, it's an admin. The first admin that you hire is on a salary in Fargo, North Dakota, 35 to 40,000 bucks, maybe a little bit more. Um, in Chicago, Illinois, my guess is 50 to 60,000, uh, give or take. But this is somebody who is going to take everything off your plate. They're going to help you to breathe. In my mind, I remember 2011, uh, halfway through my year when I sold 52 houses my first year, I made my first hire. Her name was Mariah. In fact, her name still is Mariah. Uh, uh, she was one of my former youth group kids who I saw at a graduation open house and over taco in a bag. Uh, we were talking and I'm like, man, Mariah, I'm really looking for somebody this summer. She's like, I'm home from Iowa State. I don't have a job right now. I'm like, you're hired. Stupidest idea ever. Mariah is a great gal, but I did not vet her. I did not set her up for success, but I was scared to death of how am I going to pay for $11 an hour? at 20 hours a week. That's $220 a week. That's $880 a month. What if I don't sell any houses? So before you ever make the decision to make a hire, you have to have at least four months of that person's salary saved up. And you have to have four months of your living expenses saved up because we're going to think of ourselves as business people and not realtors who are running around. So let's make sure we cover those metrics. 24 to 36 deals a year is what you're doing. You got to have four months of cash in the bank to cover somebody's salary. And then you have to be uh, committed to giving them work instead of uh, just expecting them to find it. You have to show up as a leader. It's so important. And so when you make that first hire, do not hire part-time, hire full-time only. And they should be your transaction coordinator. They should be your listing coordinator. They should be taking all of the minutia, killing, drowning things off of your plate from running to the dry cleaners to picking up some groceries, to uh, getting your oil changed in your vehicle. They are not just a professional assistant. They are a personal assistant as well. Yeah. And so long as you frame this in the beginning, their job is to let you breathe. Because if you're doing 36 transactions a year, you're probably working 60 or 70 hours a week. Let's help you to breathe. Let's help you to take a breath. And my guess is they're going to free you up of time. And then you'll use that for income producing activities, such as lead generation and actual sales. I just, um, 
Yeah. Thank you for, for that breakdown. That is so incredibly uh, helpful and insightful. I was thinking to, I, I recently hired somebody. I, I don't practice real estate myself. Um, I sit at a desk all day and I, d- I don't have uh, the stress that our, our agents have with respect to building their business. Um, but I have other stress and I, I have, we have about 800 agents here at our firm. Um, so there's always a lot to do to help them. However, um, I hired somebody to help me. And at first um, I thought, well, I'm going to have them work on my work tasks. However, and I imagine um, th- this would be an interesting question I'd like to ask you, but you know, clients are still texting the realtor directly, right? So, you, it, and, and a lot of communication now, of course, is over SMS, as you were saying, uh, with the leads that come in uh, via the ISAs. So knowing that you as the agent, even if you have a virtual or a personal assistant, virtual assistant, uh, you're still having to do that client facing interaction, which might come at 11 o'clock at night. And, and you know, depending on, on you know, what sort of, uh, communications, you know, strategies you've created or, or boundaries you've created, you're going to be still doing that, but it frees up the time for the, ver- for, for the, or, or if the personal assistant can do some of those home-based activities that go into the dry cleaner, the groceries, I actually have a, have a virtual assistant. She does things like tells me um, what's going on in Chicago on the weekends, helps me plan my date nights with my girlfriend. She um, helps me with, with my budgeting for my personal finances. A lot of things that, that I wouldn't, you know, I, I, unfortunately she doesn't live here and can't do my grocery shopping for me, but she would be doing that if if she lived here. So, Mm -hmm. so when you're thinking about hiring somebody, those are the tasks you can have them do. Um, and and for sure that from the very beginning, you're doing what I call framing, you're setting it up. Uh, my personal assistant has gone and picked up dog poop at my house to bring it to the vet because my dog was sick. Yeah. But before we ever start, I'm like, you're going to do some weird stuff. There's going to be some odd jobs that you're going to have to do. And you're going to be an extension of my personal and my professional life. And so yeah. she'll joke about it all the time. She's like, I knew what I was getting myself into. And make sure that you don't just like promise this great landscape and then ask them to go pick up dog poop. You, you, you got to instead frame it to say, there's going to be weird times where you're going to have to run errands and maybe pick up dog poop. And if they never pick up dog poop, dog poop, they'll be delightfully surprised. <laughs> so now you've made your first hire. Yeah. They are a personal assistant. Uh, you're, you're doing 24 to 36 transactions a year. You're you, you know, you're maybe you're getting 10 to 15 hours back a week. Um, I, I actually, I'm just guessing at that, but hiring a personal assistant, you gives you some breathing room. Um, and, and, and what next, what do we do at, at that point? Uh, so people are so anxious to hire an agent. Mm. They want to, they want to start giving business. They want to start buying business. I think you're mostly earning business. So at this point, you may be buying some leads, but the second hire is another admin. And in fact, this, this is the same first couple of steps as what Gary Keller advises in the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. Yeah. Your first hire is an admin, your second hire is an admin. And I agree completely. The first person was to help you breathe. The second person is to help, to you, help you to grow. And so you are not giving this person your honey, that you're not giving the first person your honey-do list of all the tasks you wanted to get to, but didn't have the time to. Your second person is helping you to grow your database and they're helping you to market. They're helping you to do your social media on a better level. They're getting uh, in front of all your past clients, making sure that they feel nurtured and cared for because that is a gaping hole in most people's businesses is they tend to drop off and not care for any past clients. This person is your growth person. They become a two-headed monster. And people right now are saying, oh my gosh, $80,000 in salaries. Why would I ever consider doing that? Well, let's say the uh, the average commission in Chicago, what, 10 or 12 grand? Uh, yeah, let's say uh, 350000 average price point, 2.5%. I can't do that. That's, that's, that's but yeah, nine, somewhere that's, around that's, there. That's yeah. 9 to 10 grand. Well, we're just yeah. going to use 10 grand for simple math. Great. If, if that first admin helps me to get back 15 or 20 hours a week, I think I can go and I can sell 10 more houses. And if, I sell, 10, if I sell 10 more houses, I make $100,000. And I pay them 40. So I just bought back time. I took all that crap off my plate I didn't like to do. And now I'm cash ahead 60,000 bucks while my clients get a better service, while my uh, my admin gets better service and I have a better life. And yeah, you're not you're thing. not burnt out. That's the important part. Right. The, the mistake so many people make is they want to go and buy all their business now. They're going to go buy really expensive lead sources. And as they go to try to buy those really expensive lead sources, they all of a sudden are like, oh, I'm still making good money, but you're you're paying your agent split into your, into your main pot and you're funding uh, way too much of all these lead sources. 
And so the best thing you can do is to try to grow your sphere and your reach of people that are already in your database. And the second hire is that person to do so. This is not an ISA. This is an admin who is working on projects and is working on client connection. And it gives you the runway. So at this point, when you're that three-person team, I see you doing anywhere from 50 to 75 transactions. And, and it's still just you practicing with these yeah. two assistants. Oh, wow. You're, you're client facing uh, for sales, but they're also touching that all the time and doing the servicing. And you'll be amazed at how far you can go. And, and that's a heck of a lot cheaper. I mean, it, it, there's obviously exceptions than hiring an agent to get to that same level. Really, yeah, it is. Let, let, let's, let's get there right now because I've seen far too many people make their first through 10th hire as agents because here's what we hear. And that $10,000 commission sounds really sweet. Yeah. But if I can get somebody in here, I can set them up with five quality appointments or five quality leads. And they're going to close all five of them. And <laughs> I'm going to make 25 grand and they're going to make 25 grand. Sure. <laughs> that is basic idiot realtor math. And I did that for a lot of years, not because people are dumb, but because they're just naive to what's actually there. Sure. The third hire should be a showing partner a licensed salaried agent. They are the nurse to your doctor. And this is where most people shouldn't grow big teams. Uh, I have a friend, his name is Hank, Hank Avink. It's a hard name to say, but a fun guy to hang out with. Hank is a coach and he's done great things with his career. He used to be my bold coach back in 2012. And Hank uh, has really, uh, he, he said, most people shouldn't have big teams because it's a leadership game. It's not a sales game. Those are two very different skills. And, and the margin that happens, the teams that I coach, any team that's doing 300 plus transactions outside of a couple of oddities, they're profiting 15%. Maybe wow. uh, it, it's give or take there. They have a bigger pie, but it's a very small slice of that bigger pie. And they're having yeah. to do so much work and they're risking so much. And I live in that right now. The mistake I made, I didn't discover until last year. And the mistake was I grew a big team when I should have grown a small micro team. Allow me to articulate. This small micro team is a micro team for the lead producer, for the lead agent, for the rainmaker, for the team owner. Before you ever hand off those five appointments to a random agent on your team, you keep those, but you bring alongside a nurse. You grow a micro team of a salaried agent and two salaried admin. Let's say that's $100,000 in total for salaries. But I can take those five out of five at-bats and instead of giving them to a new agent, and let's be honest, the new agent's not gonna close five out of five, are they? No. They're gonna close three out of five maybe, but probably two out of five. So I could have made 25 grand in that, but I made 10 because they're making 10 and I'm making 10. And that's my gross, that's not my net. Right. Now, the, to flip it on its head, I should be the one as the lead agent, and this is where everybody should go with their teams. I swear to you, of all the people I coach, people are making money out of their ears and they're giving everybody a better life because they're no longer trying to grow big, massive teams or growing these micro teams. I'm going to hang on to those five at-bats. I'm going to pay this showing partner $2,500 to $3,000 a month. And let's say it takes two months to close these. I now am a net of $44,000 while I paid that showing partner 6,000 bucks, right? Three grand a month. I paid him three grand a month. I'm a net positive of 44,000 bucks. But that person probably was a barista or a server or a bartender or working retail or working an office job that they hated. And they couldn't get into real estate because they didn't have the savings account. Right. They didn't have the sugar daddy or sugar mama. They didn't have the trust fund. They didn't want to have the massive financial bad habits and they hadn't saved up enough. And so this is their only ticket to get into real estate. And you have a, a, a simple philosophy of everything is earned and nothing is given. Yeah. Let me, let me talk for a moment of those people that have big teams. Here's what happens is we have all of our people sitting at the table, all of our agents and they expect a certain piece of the pie and they expect a certain amount of the attention from the leaders. The minute you bring on other agents and you seat them at the same table, you've created infighting. 
these agents that have stuck around become flight risks because dad just had another kid and he doesn't love yeah. us as much. There's not enough food to go around anymore. Uh, and, and our seasoned people who are our best converters and our best predictable income, these people become flight risks because we just hired competition for them. Yeah. And, time. and they may think either justified or, or unjustified, Hey, I'm not, I haven't gotten a lead in a while or, or where is I wonder where those leads are really going. And um, it, it just becomes uh, problematic. Yeah. And then we, as the leaders, we give all of our attention to the new kids, don't we? Right. Uh, there's a book called the pumpkin plan by Mike Michaelowitz. He's best known for writing profit first, but he writes all these awesome entrepreneurial books. And the pumpkin plan is my favorite of his. And he talks about seven steps to grow these County fair blue ribbon winning pumpkins that everybody wants to take their picture with. Yeah. And he, he uses this as a, a book in which to get more clients and to retain your top, uh, your top folks. But I read it as a leadership book. And step number six of the pumpkin plan says, give all your attention to your big pumpkins. And so for me, what I do at Hatch Realty 12 hours a week is I'm giving all my time to my top agents, not to the sure. new people. Because what I've done is when I've hired, I have all my top agents right here. I've hired people underneath them. I've hired showing partners. I've, I've, I've scaled leadership, right? Jesus had 12 and none of us are Jesus. <laughs> and so we shouldn't have like sales managers are destined to fail in most organizations because they have so many people they're caring for. And we have leadership issues. We have connection issues. We have proximity issues. People feel invisible on teams and brokerages and it is eroding our profit. It's eroding our team satisfaction. And this micro team model solves all of it. You'll profit more. That person now who's your showing partner gets their MBA in real estate. Yeah, They're a direct extension of you. Uh, hear, hear this step because this is shocking. My first year agents who don't start off as a showing partner convert 16% of the company appointments to closings, 16%. Wow. My first year agents that first started as a showing partner, they spent one or two years as a showing partner and now graduated up are converting 32% of those same at-bats. Twice as much. Double the success. Because they went through a, 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 a slower process uh -huh. to learn and master the business. They got a paycheck along the way. Yep. It wasn't a huge paycheck, but it was their MBA, as you said. And now they're going to be able to, to double their, the conversion rate and make you know, a lot better money. So let's break this down. If I have a showing partner and two administrators, I think I'm going to be doing 80 deals uh, a year. That's $800,000 if it's 10K uh, per. That's $800,000. I'm going to spend a hundred grand on salaries. I'm going to spend maybe another hundred grand on leads and some office and paying my brokerage. Am I really making $600,000 with 80 transactions? Yeah. Incredible. I, I mean, if I run a team, my profit margin that I'm writing a book on my design profit margin for teams is 25%. So if that's the case and you don't grow this micro team, you have 80 transactions that are done by your team. You're maybe making money as a producer as well. You should be making a salary for what you do, but your actual team profit should be $200,000. But if you just grow a micro team, if you change the way this industry is done, you give somebody a better chance, you give better leverage and admin support because you actually have money in the bank and you're functioning as a business, you're going to make six. Hundred thousand dollars. I mean, which, which by market. the way, That's which so by the money. way, it's it's so much money, and for for anyone, it, it's so much money, and it might actually just be enough, right? So so sometimes uh, agents go, you know, I don't I don't need to earn seven figures a year, um, but boy, uh, I would think most for most people, six hundred thousand would would be an incredible year, uh, certainly for for a lot of our listeners. And you know, you don't have to uh, you don't have to keep growing. Um, you, what you have to do is build a lifestyle based around running this practice as an actual business, because, oh, by the way, you are a business owner. So, uh, so that, that's, that's, I'm so glad we're going over these numbers. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to stop your flow. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we said this offline, but if you do have a big team, you don't have to blow it up to grow it up. Okay. You don't have to, uh, go all the way back down to just, uh, four of you to figure this out. The purpose of all this is you as the rainmaker, you as the lead agent, you should be doing this to grow your own micro team. Now, so should your top agents. That's the thing is I, I, I used to be in a mastermind. I used to be coached by somebody who I have a lot of love and respect for, but I heard them say, and 
every chance they got. Boy, once an agent hits about 24 transactions on a team, they're going to leave you. Mm. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. Like I, I want, I want these people to be with me for a long period of time and I'm investing my heart and soul into them. And I don't want them to like, just use me and then, and then leave our job and our way to retain unbelievable people are two key elements. It's proximity. That's the time you spend with your big pumpkins, with your top people have proximity with your people and then customization that you build for them a business that continues to have a glass ceiling that doesn't exist. Right. See, in 2010, I was on a real estate team. I was part-time, but I was on a real estate team. I was outselling all the full-time agents and I was doing about 75% of the business from my own sphere. And so I went to the owners. I'm like, hey. You're like, hey. <laughs> I, I'm like, hey, can I get a bigger split? Uh, or can I start working listings? Like I'm doing really well. But yeah, that's not how we're built. Wow. And I left a month later because of course. I, I hit my glass ceiling. And so many teams out there right now have hit glass ceilings and agents are just leaving because they run out of runway. And our job is to provide massive runway. And these micro teams, these uh, showing partners allow businesses within businesses, teams within teams to be created. So you don't have to blow it up to grow it up. It's creating these micro teams and watch retention go through the roof. Uh, of my 58 people and all my teams, I've lost two this year. That's two. incredible. In the last three years, I've lost three producers. <laughs> it's amazing. And so, I mean, uh, you're either going into chaos or coming out of chaos. So I know there's some hell ahead and I get that because uh, it's, it's never rainbows and butterflies, but I've had some really tough years. And the longer we put this energy into growing these big pumpkins and, and letting everybody earn their spot instead of being given their spot, we don't have the infighting like other places do. My top agent this year is going to sell 140 houses. Oh, and 75 incredible. of them are from his sphere. That's not his team. That's his own personal production. And he's doing that with a showing partner. And then we have uh, an admin that he hires full-time as well. Uh, but 140 transactions, his team in total is going to do 300 all under my tutelage. We're going to do over a thousand transactions this year as a team. And I got these little micro teams. And, and so I'm not trying to manage everybody. I'm just leading a few people. And so I know I'm starting to, to ramble here. I want to make sure that this hits home is that your greatest success for profitability, for longevity, and to change the way this game is done is to think small. If you want to go big, start thinking small. A micro team of a couple of admin and then a showing partner or two or three. I have a coaching client in Seattle. He has three, soon to be four showing partners on his micro team. Just his micro team, he will net over a million dollars. He doesn't leave the office. He has an ISA that sets his appointments for him. He just does consults in the office all day long and negotiates uh, from his house and then meets with his meets with the showing partners. A micro team, not a huge team, a micro team is making him seven figures. In our Chicago example, you should be netting five to $600,000 by doing 80 transactions. I don't know anybody else who's doing 80 transactions making that kind of cash uh, no. without trying to go wide. So the, the, the main points I'm trying to iterate here is go deep, don't go wide, get a micro team. You can go wide too, but when you find your talent, go deep with them as well. Yeah. I heard Barbara Corcoran say one time on, on Shark Tank, because of course the, she, she's on there, or I think she's still on there. And and she yeah, was she talking, yeah. And she was talking about, um, you know, there was somebody pitching a whatever company uh, had nothing to do with real estate. And the, the person who was the owner of the company seemed like kind of a troublemaker or somebody that was combative and difficult. And, Bar and you could tell it was sort of turning the rest of the panel off about uh, wanting to, to fund her business. And Barbara said, you know, I have a different opinion. People who, who are difficult oftentimes become the best producers. And she's like, my job is to give those people all the attention and that they need because they end up being, and of course she runs, uh, you know, or ran court Corcoran, uh, you know, real estate for a long, long time. And, and one of the biggest real estate companies in the country are independent firms. Um, you know, she said, I love those people that because I have to spend my time with them. They make me the most money. So that, that spend your time with the largest pumpkin uh, it, pumpkins is makes all and same thing with referrals too, right? Like whoever your biggest referral sources are uh, to, you know, your clients, those are the people that you really need to be spending a lot of time with, even if it's just thank you, thank you, thank you, constant thank yous, because those are the people that will continue to, of course, uh, refer additional business. So the same principle applies to your team. Yeah, it really does. Uh, it, it really does. And we are uh, emphatic as a coaching company on trying to 
redefine how this industry treats people, not only clients, but also team members. And we think that we're onto something here because we're seeing people have happier careers. They're not having to deal with the headaches that they usually do. They're making more money. Uh, people stick around for longer. I, I feel like we've, we've cracked the code here. It's really exciting. I would love to talk about your coaching business as well, which by the way, uh, another plug, um, please everyone, unless you're driving, wait a few moments or pull over. But if you're not driving, head over to hatchcoaching.com to learn all about the different coaching options that Eric and his team have. Um, they do in-person events, they do online events, there, there's courses. Um, tell us all about Hatch Coaching. You bet. Uh, Hatch Coaching has been around now almost six years, and we have two major elements. We have a service base and a product base. So our product base is we're helping people to convert leads at a really, really high level, as well as train people up. And so we have a whole bunch of courses, and we have uh, things that add on and bolt on to YLOPO, Chime, Follow-Up Boss, and CR Interactive, some different CRMs that are out there. Uh, and we're continuing to add to that. And so we're we're essentially an extension of your ISA or lead conversion department. And, and it's just, it, it's making people some huge money hand over fist. But those are monthly subscription-based products uh, where we jump in and we really help to uh, manage your database and do great things with that. Uh, the other side of what we have is we do, uh, we do coaching. So there's live coaching with uh, a few of us. Uh, there's events that we do. And we've really gotten a great bit of momentum with our virtual events that we've been doing lately. And so if you're at hatchcoaching.com, you can see the right-hand corner. There's a little drop-down menu. There's something called boot camps. Uh, we're just finishing up a boot camp right now, and that is all about lead conversion, and it's been awesome. You can still uh, sign up for that and catch the last couple, and we'll send you the recordings of the first ones. Otherwise, in early 2022, we're doing a boot camp about how to grow a team, how to, how to grow and scale a team really well. And so everything we talked about today would be maybe a bit of a teaser for where we're going. Uh, and you want to sign up for that. So go to hashcoaching.com, get on our mailing list and sign up for that uh, boot camp. It's going to be pretty great. Yeah. And boy, you have proven um, yourself as, as a coach here on our show with some really practical advice. And I, I would love to ask you, let's say you are... so for all our audience who is just an individual practitioner who now has heard, okay, I get it. Once I get to a certain level, uh, I can start to build my own team, but maybe somebody uh, isn't, you know, quite there, they're full-time, they're squeaking by, maybe they're doing a few million dollars a year in production, not really earning much of a living, but they're, they're getting through. Um, what, what would you, how would you coach them? What would you tell them to do? And I, obviously I know there's, there's no right, real specifically right answer, but I know there's a lot of people in that, in that space sort of feeling like, gosh, I don't really know how to get to that next level where I can afford an assistant. Um, yeah. I don't really want to join a team um, or it just feels like uh, I'd be starting over. Um, curious on, on what your thoughts uh, so I had a friend once say that uh, there would be no need for coaches if people actually honored what was on their schedule. And I thought, huh, dang it, you're right. Uh, you need to know what should be on your schedule. And then once you know what's on your schedule, uh, actually honoring it. So uh, we talk about the perfect and ideal schedule. It looks like this. Your day starts uh, at 8 a.m. In, in the office. Now, there's a lot of personal care things you should be doing. Uh, Hal Elrod has some great things called the Miracle Morning. Yep. Uh, awesome things to do to start off your day. So I'm talking when you actually get to the office. You should get to the office by 8 with all intents of your day starting with intention and intensity at 8.30. Your first 30 minutes is prep time. You're getting caught up on some things and you're teeing up that golf ball for you to make a great hit. From 8.30 to 11, you are a slave to your business. And that sounds aggressive. Uh, I've heard people uh, talk, you know, you should lead gen for three or four hours a day. But man, most people yeah, aren't. Good, good luck. <laughs> most, most people aren't in marathon shape. You tell me no. to go run for three or four hours a day. Hell no. Or I'm going to do it one time. In fact, there's this, an episode of How I Met Your Mother uh, where Barney Stinson goes and runs a marathon because he dared himself to do it. Runs the actual New York City marathon, but then gets on the subway to go home. And when it comes to his stop, he can't get off the train because his body has physically shut down. Yeah. And that's what people do when they try to lead generate for three or four hours a day. It's just, it's not effective. And right. so I'd rather you be intentional and intense with your time. No more than 90 minutes of lead gen, but it doesn't start with lead gen. It actually starts with role playing and training. So 8.30 to 9.15, you should be role playing and practicing. You should be uh, working on honing your craft and getting better. 9.15 till 10.45, you should be lead generating. This is not lead follow-up. Lead follow-up is for business that you've already earned or have already started massaging. 
lead generation is business for future business. This is for business that has not yet bore any fruit. And so you need to work on future business before you work on current business. And that's where most people mess up. Uh, it's why everybody rides the roller coaster of real estate, right? Big sales and then droughts, big sales and then droughts. So 9.15 till 10.45, 90 minutes of intentional lead generation. Then 10.45 till 11, it's a daily huddle. It's celebrating your wins. It's reporting your numbers. It's uh, your accountability time. And then at 11.01, your day starts for showings, for lead follow-up, and for everything else that's a busy work of a realtor. If you honor that schedule and actually don't spend your 90 minutes of lead generation time farting around on your phone and perusing through social media, and you actually call, email, text, send handwritten letters, visit people, and you do that repeatedly, you're going to find yourself with a ton of business. It's just going to be time over task over time. Yeah. Leads are really never the issue, right? It's all yeah. about effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by the way, uh, if, if you didn't hear Eric, he just said never, as soon as I said, leads are never the issue. Never, ever, ever. If, yeah. if, lead, if leads are your issue, let, let's, I'm just going to have you answer this question. If right now you're saying, if I just had more, if, if our listeners, and, and, we, and again, everyone's, everyone's been there, we all think, if I just had more leads, I would do more production. Tell us what's wrong with, with, with that mentality. Uh, so I remember as a Keller Williams agent hearing Ben Kinney say that an agent begged him for a list of people to call. And so he finally gave him a list and the guy set three appointments in a day. And he's like, Ben, how do I get more of this? He's like, well, I just pulled the names from the phone book. Right. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that was a farcical answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to let people in on one of my favorite insider tricks. And that is that your greatest CRM is Facebook. Of course. These are people who are already in some sort of connected relationship with you. And you don't need to buy any leads. You just need to know what to do with the people who are already in front of you. And your goal should be to make them feel heard, seen, valued, and cared for. You need not be the most entertaining person. You need to instead be the most engaged person in other people's lives. I'll give you an example is my birthday is March 1st. Uh, I expect everybody to send me lots of gifts on March 1st. But nonetheless, uh, my 5,000 Facebook, Facebook air quote friends uh, all message me on my wall. I get 500, 10% or so uh, of happy birthday generic things. I can't tell you the name of a single person that did that. Uh, then I'll get like 30 direct messages and 30 text messages, but I count. I got two handwritten notes last wow. birthday and I got three phone calls. I can tell you who it was for, uh, for those five as well, uh, because that is remarkable to me. Think of the roots of remarkable, right? That you live a life that people will remark about you. Yeah. And if you want to be remarkable to your CRM, which is Facebook or whatever social media channel you use, you need to go above and beyond and not just wish somebody, hey, my thoughts and prayers are with you, but instead show up with a damn hot dish or a casserole uh, when times are tough. Go visit them, go spend time with them, uh, celebrate their life, get on the phone. The purpose of social media is not to interact online, but is to take things offline and to connect. And when you can do that, it is never about the leads. It's always about the effort you put in. And it gives you every possible reason to reach out. So, so a lot of times we think, you know, I don't really want to bother my spear. I don't know when they're moving and when they need me. And I don't want to be that pushy sales guy going, Hey, uh, thinking about making a move anytime soon with social media. Now you don't ever have to talk about that unless it comes up and, and you want to talk about it because now you could say you could pick up that phone on someone's birthday or just go, Hey, I saw you were just on vacation in wherever Mexico. Like that looked awesome. I just was calling to say that was really cool. I hope you guys had a great time. Talk to you later. Even that alone, nobody else is making that call except maybe their friends, their close friends and family. Um, you can demonstrate that you're paying attention and that you, that you care. Now, while I, while I never did a single lick of regular lead generation where uh, it would be, oh man, who am I going to call today from my, my uh, CRM? My social media was my CRM. And I, I, every day for about two hours, I would like, you're either networking or not working on, on social media. <laughs> I love that. I made sure to be networking. Yeah, it's, it's such a great thing. And, and you know, I also want to make a, a quick, I, I say this all the time, and I just want to, I think repetition is the mother of skills. So I'm just going to make this point. LinkedIn does a really cool thing that, that really no other social media platforms do. And I encourage you to connect with all of your sphere in LinkedIn for 
even just for this one reason, it will tell you if they have their information updated when something interesting happens to them, maybe they get a promotion and they update their, their position at their company. Maybe they change companies. Maybe they have a work anniversary, of course, their birthdays as well. Those are things that even their closest friends might not know. And that's another reason like, Hey man, just saw you got a promotion. Like that's amazing. So proud of you. Keep up the great work. Um, or just saw something cool happen at your company. LinkedIn is great for that stuff. It's, it's not necessarily the, Hey, check out my vacation I just went on, but it, it allows you to celebrate the personal or the private or sorry, the uh, professional successes of those, those spheres. So don't neglect LinkedIn. I know we all want to do Facebook and link and Instagram because it's more fun, but LinkedIn has some cool stuff, some cool reasons. And you can actually just go to your feed, your new, your I forget the notification feed. And it literally just has every one of these reasons to, to pick up the phone or text somebody or shoot them a, you know, a, a, some sort of handwritten note. Um, I mean, I know if somebody got a promotion, the first thing I would do is write a handwritten note or maybe even a little congratulatory gift. And you're going to be the only person who's doing that in their entire life outside of maybe their parents and their spouse. Yeah. Uh, no matter the social media platform, uh, it's, it's about taking it offline. Yeah. It gives you all the information online. Your job is to take it offline. Yeah. Don't just write happy birthday on their wall when it's their birthday, because like Eric said, you get about a hundred or, or, or more of those in his case, 500, you, you, you don't even notice them. It all bleeds together. It's not special. It's like sending a holiday card. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a nice gesture. It's better than doing nothing, but you're one of 20 other cards that are also getting sent by other professional uh, service people. And, you know, maybe it's not as unique. Um, but even if you just hand wrote your holiday card, you'd probably be the only handwritten one they got. So that, that would be uh, advice, but yeah, social media. Think of it, guys. I, I know so many uh, of our listeners are like, God, what do I promote? How do, what, what do I, what do I post? What content? Think of it more. Yes, you, you should be posting content, but we haven't even talked about that. We're talking about just participating in other people's lives. And then as Eric said, so elegantly and so perfectly taking what's online and then pulling it offline, because we, we know that social media actually makes us feel more disconnected. It does not, uh, the research does not shows very clearly that it does not really bring people closer together, but it is a great research and development tool so that you can take it offline and actually build that relationship one, you know, belly to belly, face to face or, or text to text or voice to voice. Um, so thank you, Eric. That is such a, if, if you get nothing else from this, uh, this, this episode, which of course you will, and you have, that is, you will never suffer a lack of leads, but you have to earn them. Just like Eric was saying, his team members have to earn their place on the team. You have to earn your place in, uh, in your client's team as well. So your client has a team of people that they employ accountants, you know, maybe an attorney, financial advisor, et cetera, to earn that spot as a real estate agent. You, you got to do, you got to just care more and you got to be more proactive in their life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, Eric, uh, this has been awesome. And I definitely want to uh, continue to have you come on the show from time to time going forward, because this, this is so actionable. I know our audience is, is going to love this as much as I did. And so I want everybody again to go visit hatchcoaching.com. Check out the courses they have, virtual events, um, and just lots of lots of great. And by the way, most of the information on there is free. So check it out, hatchcoaching.com. Also, if you happen to be a realtor in the Fargo area, actually, uh, Minneapolis, you mentioned, what were the other areas that, that your team? Uh, uh, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, Grand Forks, North Dakota, and Bismarck, North Dakota, as well as Minneapolis. I know if I was an agent in that area, I would like to work for a team that captures one out of every 10, uh, 10 deals in that, in that area. And certainly check out Hatch Real, it's Hatch Real Estate. Uh, and the website there, if you want to Hatch Realty, rather, you can go to hatchrealty.com and you can reach out to Eric and his team. Boy, that's a team I would join in a, in a heartbeat. And oh, a you get to, you get to experience every, you get, you get to, uh, not only an MBA and how to grow a business, you, you get to bypass all of the mistakes that Eric already made to get to where he is. And oh my God, you're saving yourself years, literally years. And so I couldn't agree more. Um, Eric obviously is amazing. Um, he's, he's written a book. You can, he's got coaching products and he's got this incredible team, which captures a huge percentage of the real estate market in his area. So please everyone go visit hatchcoaching.com. And Eric, if there is anyone that wants to reach out to you directly, you know, who wants, you know, coaching specifically, or maybe wants to join the team who might be in the area, um, how should they reach out to you? Yeah, just go to hatchcoaching.com. Easiest spot and you'll get to see this handsome mug. 
<laughs> awesome. Well, everyone, uh, thank you for continuing to listen and support our show. On behalf of Eric and myself, we want to say thank you to the audience. And the best way that you can help us grow and help Eric continue to grow, of course, visit hatchcoaching.com. And then for our podcast, tell a friend. Think of one other real estate agent that needs to hear what Eric just talked about today, which was so, there was no fat. It was all meat, right? This is an amazing episode. Send them a link. Easiest way to do that. If they're not a podcast person, just have them visit our website, keepingitrealpod.com or search for Keeping It Real Podcast will pop up. Or if they are a podcast person or you're a podcast person, uh, then just grab your podcast app on your mobile device, do a search for Keeping It Real, hit that subscribe button. That helps us continue. And also please leave us a review, especially if you're an Apple user, um, but for any, any service you might be listening to us through, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, whatever, please leave us a review. It lets us know what you think of the show and helps us continue to improve. So on behalf of the audience and myself, we thank Eric for his time. And on behalf of Eric and myself, we say thank you to everyone listening and watching. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you, Eric. Hey, thank you.